Good morning, everyone, and welcome to today's focus for Wednesday, April the 12th, 2023, at 1027 a.m. Central Time. Well, today's focus, do the stars sing? Today's focus, do the stars sing praise to God? Are the stars singing their praise to God right now as I sit here in front of this microphone? As I'm speaking to you, are the stars singing their praise to the Creator? Now, you probably know what I'm talking about. Maybe you do not. There is a popular video that I guess was produced like seven years ago. If if you do a little bit of searching online, you see it is everywhere. And man, the comments, the comments are like, this is the greatest video ever produced in the history of humankind. And so uh, someone uh, shared it with me yesterday and I thought, well, I need to talk about that. But let me, let me start with this. Oh boy, there is a part of me that absolutely hate. I guess there's a part of me that hates a part of me. How can I say this? There are times I hate a part of me. I hate myself in some ways. Let me try to explain. Over and over throughout my Christian life, there'll be some situation where people will be like, oh, oh, did you, did you hear this sermon? Oh, 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 did you, did you read this book? Oh, did you see, you know, The Chosen? Whatever the case may be, it's a, it's a Christian book. It's a Christian song. It's a Christian television show. It's a, it's a, it's a viral video. And Christians everywhere will be talking about how amazing it is, how it touched their heart, how they were so emotional. It drew them closer to God. It was the greatest thing that they had ever witnessed, they had ever encountered in the world. And almost any time I get that kind of email, did you see this? It's so amazing. Or someone tells me something, maybe at church, I always just, my heart just immediately sinks because there... because I know, I just know what's going to happen. And, and I hate this about me, but almost inevitably, I'm going to be like, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to read it. I'm going to look at it. And I'm going to be like, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. I'm immediately going to be like, that's not great. That's not wonderful. That's not amazing. That's either, I believe it's heresy, I believe it's trash, I believe it's garbage. Now, I can't say it like that typically. I'm like, well, you know, now sometimes depending on the, how well I know the person, I may say, like, that's just straight up garbage, that's just trash. No. Someone asked me, someone found out that I had a negative opinion about The Chosen, and they were like, how, how, I just don't know how you can, it's the most, I think it's the greatest thing ever. And I'm like, okay, well, fine, you think it's the greatest thing ever. But then they, they, but see, then they will never leave it alone. They got to keep asking. And I'm like, no, you, that's fine. You think it's great. Just leave, just don't ask my opinion. But, and I hate that about me. It's like, sometimes I wonder, is, is it, it, why, why am I like that? Am I just, is it just my natural like, is it, is it just a fleshly thing that, oh, you say it's good. I have to say it bad. I know there, there is a part of me that is like that, right? Like if I'm in a group of people and 10 people are like, this is amazing. There, there's something that does rise up in me that wants to say, well, no, I think it's garbage. Like I always, there's just a natural tendency that I don't want to go with the crowd. Like it's just built into me. It's always been that way from 
kindergarten all the way to high school. If the if, if everybody's like, you, you should like this. I'm immediately like, I like something else. I, I mean, I live here in Texas for, for crying out loud. I live here in Texas. I grew up in Texas, you know, the Dallas Cowboys, right? Okay. And, and what did I do? I'm, I'm a, I'm a little kid. I lived on Russell Street in Abilene, Texas. So that means I, w- I was somewhere between kindergarten and like second grade, third grade. I still remember this. And so we're outside and we're playing football. And, and somebody's like, so which team are, are you know, which team are you? And, 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 and the, with the kids on my team, you had to pick the name of the team. So everybody was picking, obviously, an NFL team. And so, of course, um, all the kids on, on my side was like, oh, we're the Dallas Cowboys. We're the Dallas Cowboys. And I'm like, no, we're not. So I, I, I didn't know a lot about the teams. I mean, you know, to, to watch football back then wasn't near as easy obviously as it is today, but I just simply said, who's the worst team in the NFL? And someone said the Buffalo Bills. And I'm like, we're the Buffalo Bills. And all the kids were like, no, we're the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, we we love the Dallas. And I'm like Buffalo Bills. And so then I stayed a Bills fan for a good portion of my life simply because like I wanted to go again, like everyone in Texas likes the Cowboys. I'm going with the Buffalo Bills, right? It's like everyone in Texas loves the University of Texas or Texas A&M. I love Notre Dame. It's just like there's this natural tendency for me to go against the crowd. If if the crowd says we're going north, I'm going south. Lady, I don't it's just if 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 I'm with a group of people and we're trying to figure out our how, you know, where how do we get out of this mess? You know, what do we do to survive? If if I'm with 10 people and six people say we have to travel north, I'm going I'm going south. I'm just, even if nine people say I'm going I'm just going to go by myself. I, it's just, and I hate that about me. I mean, in some ways I like that about me because I, I, I'm not bound by peer pressure. I don't care what people think. Like I, I can, I can stand on my own. So I do like that about myself, but sometimes I feel like that obviously it can be detrimental. So I always have to stop myself when Christians are like, Oh, Oh, did you see it? Oh, this is so great. Oh, did you read it? Oh, this is, this is the greatest sermon. Uh, you know, uh, Paul Washer's famous sermon, 10 indictments against the modern church or something like that. Everybody's like, this is the greatest sermon I've ever heard. This, I can't believe it. And, and of course I would just, <laughs> I listened to the sermon and I was like, so let me get this right. You think this is the greatest sermon ever. You go to what church? Because 10 of these indictments would condemn your church to the 18th level of hell. But you still go to your church thinking the sermon is great. Why wouldn't you leave your church? if this? And so I immediately, you could say I'm always contrary. I'm always, I'm always just, I, I, I don't know. And I, I don't, look, there's lots of things that I'm okay to be that. Like, and some things it doesn't bother me that I'm that way, right? Yeah, I know that may make me unpopular, but I don't really, I don't even really care about being popular. But when it comes to the Bible, theology, Christianity, I do hate that. Like, like, oh, put it this way. I always have to at least stop and ask myself, okay, now why, why am I having such a contrary attitude here? Why, why am I being so negative here? Why, why am I being 
in a sense, the bad guy here. Why? Why am I doing that? Like, like, is it do I have a legitimate reason or is it just like oh, everyone likes it? It's like the Lord of the Rings. Now, I think the Lord of the Rings is total trash. I don't like it in any way, shape or form. But because it was shoved down my throat, like, you know, you get around Christians. you got to love Lord of the Rings. you got to love Lord of the Rings. you got to love the Chronicles of Narnia. It's the greatest, you know, literature master. It's it's the greatest masterpieces in literature history. You have to love it. You have to love it. And I would be like, why are you shoving it down my throat? I don't have to love my my Christianity is not determined by my love or you know, my love or hatred of Lord of the Rings. It's just some, it's like almost, it's almost viewed by some Christians. Like, I don't know, it's inspired scripture. And when I say it's trash or it's garbage, (gasps) everybody like, what is it? And I know I would much prefer Harry Potter. (gasps) Oh, you can't say that. You can't say that. It's just so weird how like certain things become like, this is the thing you have to like. And sometimes it goes through trends and sometimes it goes away, but there, there, you know, if you're on social media, you'll know it'll be a certain, it, it, maybe it'll only last for 24 hours. Maybe it only lasts for 72 hours, but something will, you know, get everyone's attention. And everyone's like, I love it. I love it. I love it. There's always some people who'll be contrary because it's social media, but you can just see the general consensus is it's amazing. And I have a tendency to go, wait a minute. Now, I think that can be a negative thing. So I always have to question myself. And go, am I just being, am I just being too negative here? But at the same time, I think that there's a positive that comes from it because sometimes the thing that everyone says is wonderful, I think if anyone really looked at it doctrinally, theologically, would have to say, mm, not so sure. So I think it's a good thing that I'm willing to do that. I just always have to make sure I'm not doing it out of a fleshly anti-conformity but I'm doing it out of sound, biblical, theological, and hermeneutical reasons. Now, it's easy to justify that I am doing it because I claim it's biblical, and it may not be. So I always have to question myself. So when I when someone sent this to me and I started watching it yesterday, my first thought was, oh my goodness, here we go. And then I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, don't do that, don't do that. Come on now, come on now. Is this, is this a good thing? I mean, everybody is getting emotional about it, how beautiful it is and how much it, it impacted them. I was reading all the comments all over the internet about it and, and how it, you know, it, they, they were brought to tears and, and they can't even express the, the emotions that they're feeling. And I'm like, what, what is going on? Why am I not feeling that? So I'm going to share this with you. I'm going to share this with you. And and I'm going to try to reduce this to a hermeneutical issue, right? I'm I, I'm not. If if you have seen this or heard this or watched this and it gets you all emotional, I'm not trying to discount. I'm not trying to mock. I'm not trying to to di, di, you know dismiss your emotional reaction to this in any way, shape, or form. What I'm going to try to do is like, hey, can we set aside the emotions? Can we just ask ourselves some hermeneutical questions? How do we understand the passage that is being referenced? Because someone takes a passage from the Psalms and what they do, they take the, a, a passage from the Psalms and what they do 
is they're looking, I guess, almost for physical evidence that proves what the psalm is describing poetically as being literal. Now, remember, the psalms are poetic, right? They're poetry. So sometimes it describes something in a very poetic way. Now, when we see something in a poetic way, do we then go do scientific research and go, look, 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 this is literally happening. Now, maybe we do, maybe we don't. Do we even look for a literal? Now, I I know this raises questions, but here we go. Are you ready? All right. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. All right, I know it's today's focus. We're already almost at 15 minutes and I'm supposed to stop at 15 minutes. But here we go. I'm going to try. I'm going to try my best to stop as soon as I can. Maybe I can just, you know, today's focus, I try to get you thinking about it and then we can circle back around to it in another episode if we need to. But here we go. All right, I'm going to mute this. Here we go. This is going to come in very abrupt. Whoever edited this video, like obviously clipped off the first part of it. So, but here we go. I think there's a fuller version online. I didn't go searching for it, but here we go. He says, praise him, sun and moon, and praise him, all you shining stars. That's not just... Okay. Now, I, from what I can determine, he is reading from uh, Psalm 148. Psalm 148. Praise ye him, sun... Moon, praise him, all ye stars of light. Praise ye him, sun and moon. Praise him, all ye stars of light. Now, I don't know if in the fuller version, he deals with the sun and the moon. I don't know if he does so in a fuller version. But in this version, he doesn't talk about sun and moon. He goes directly to the stars. All right, and here's how it plays. I'm going to back that up. Here we go. He says, praise him, sun and moon, and praise him, all you shining stars. That's not just a poetic idea. That's really happening because stars don't just shine. Stars also sing. Let me just show you. Okay, now that's not just a poetic idea. So, so even though it's Hebrew poetry, it's not a poetic, poetic idea. It's literally happening. Now, please note, he says the stars don't just sign, shine, they sing. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. My first thought would be, well, wait a minute. If we're going to say that the stars literally are not just shining, they are singing. They're literally praising, right? In some literal way, well, then... For that to be, if we're going to take that hermeneutically and say we've now established the hermeneutical principle here that the stars literally sing, then that would have to be true of the sun. That would have to be true of the moon. That would have to be true of the heavens. That would have to be true of the waters. Um, let's see, what else would that have to be true of? Let's see, is there anything else here? Uh that would have to be true, I guess, from the uh, from the earth, from the dragons, from the deep, from the fire, from the hell. Like it would have to be true of everything. But he's going to focus in on the stars and he's going to try to demonstrate that the stars actually sing. So therefore, this is not poetic. It's literal. Well, then that would have to be literal for everything. Let's see how this plays out. A couple more stars. 
But this one is called the Vela Pulsar, and it's magnificent. It's a thousand light years away. It's a highly magnetized neutron star. Right. <laughs> it simply means this star exploded into a supernova, and in the case of the Vela Pulsar, it collapsed back on itself in a magnetic entity. And as the pulsar, it began oscillating on its axis. This one oscillates 11 times a second on its axis. And as it is oscillating, you can see what's happening. It's shooting a radio frequency out of itself. When they aimed the radio telescopes at the Vela Pulsar, this is what they heard. And this is what this guy does 24-7, day and night, 365 days a year. This is what, from a thousand light years away, the Vela Pulsar sounds like right now. This is it. Listen to this. Now, I, I don't know about you, but I, that blew me away. I'm thinking, wow, this is incredible. You're like, well, what does it mean? I don't know. Is that some kind of Morse code for something? Or what, what, what does all that mean? I don't know what it means. But Now, again, I would have to go, okay, why, why does it sound that way? What's the, what's the scientific explanation for that sound? He's going to go, well, see, that sound, see, it's, it's singing praises to God. That, that's what Psalm 148 is saying. The stars are actually singing to God. And that sound is it's, is it singing its prayer. Is that how we interpret it? Now, if we are going to interpret it that way, we would have to then take that same telescope, point it towards the moon. Do we hear the moon sing? Do we hear the sun sing? Do we hear, do we, I mean, go through everything. Do we hear, uh, the heavens, uh, and the, the waters? Do we hear the waters sing? Like, like, is that, is that how we are to interpret this as literally, as literally as possible? Or is it just a figurative way that these things declare that th praise to God because they demonstrate there is a creator. You look to the stars, they scream, there is a God. In a sense, they offer their praise to God by their mere existence because it demonstrates that there was a power greater than them, which created them. You look to the sun, it is, it, in a sense, it praises God, it sings praise to God, it points to God, right? Because praise points to God. Praise is not about us, it's about God. And the sun, in a sense, praises God because it points to God saying something greater than it created it. And the sun is relatively powerful. So we do we take it in a poetic, figurative way that these things point to God? They point to there's a creator. Or do we go, wait, let's grab a telescope. What? Look, 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 look. It, it's praising God, literally. Is, is that what we're supposed to do? And I don't want to, you know, go too crazy here, but maybe the Vela Pulsar got wind somehow innately of Psalm 148, verse 3, and says, it says, praise him, sun and moon and all you shining stars. We're a shining star. We should praise him. Well, how are we going to praise him? I know. Let's oscillate 11 times a second on our axis and see if we can send a radio signal into the universe that would join in the symphony of God's praise from all creation. It's singing. The stars are singing to him. Now, see, people are clapping and people online are like, oh, this is so beautiful. This, and I don't want to be that person. But, but part of me is like, people, can we set aside the emotionalism? 
Let's think about this hermeneutically. Is that how we interpret Psalm 148? Okay, I mean, you, you, you know a lot about stars and you've, and you've got the recording and you've got the images to show on the big screen and everybody's like, ooh. But what you're doing is you're trying to tell people to interpret this as literally as possible. And I don't know if your literal hermeneutic will work all the way through Psalm 148. Because again, if you're going to establish it for the stars, then you're establishing the hermeneutic that would have to run through the entire psalm. But to see if you point that out, people are like, ah, oh, you're just being, you're just being nitpicky. You're being, and I'm not trying to be. I really want us to think about it. All right. So let's, let's listen to a little more of this. I recently stumbled on 47 Tuck. It's a, a beautiful uh, cluster of stars. We'll show you the picture of it here. There are 12 of these super giant blue stars in there, but the things that are of interest to us tonight are these millisecond pulsars. And right now tonight, while we're sitting in this room, the 16 recorded millisecond pulsars in 47 Tuck are making this sound right now. Now, the way that sound is working, it sounds like to me, now I cannot verify this, that they're taking these different sounds and they've kind of mixed them together to give this effect. Because I don't think like you're taking, here's this one making this sound, here's this. So it's like one's coming in, then the other one's coming in and, and he's mixing it together. It sounds like they're mixing it together. I would have to know because I don't think the stars are all like, like I, I think they're, 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 they're almost creating like a loop. And if it is, then that's clearly manipulating it to give it even a more, I kind of a give it a sound that would even be more wow, awe-inspiring. Now, I cannot be dogmatic about that, but that's what it sounds like. That was a little out to You hear how like one goes up and then another one comes in right when it, that seems like it's mixed together. I don't think this, I don't think that's the way the star sounds. Like one of them would be giving that sound. I think they're taking all of them together and putting the sounds together. If, if there's any manipulation of it at all, if there's any tweaking it, mixing it, then that, then that is just being completely disingenuous and dishonest. I cannot verify that because I'd have to go try to chase the rabbit hole going, okay, where are the recordings of these stars? And exactly how does one of them sound by itself? Not with the other one being mixed in to come in right after it, but, and what would, I'm not saying it still wouldn't be interesting or maybe still not be awe-inspiring. I'm just, no, if you're going to play it, you got to make sure you articulate exactly what you're doing. beautiful who knew no god has his own string section he's beautiful and we just looked at one 
11 times a second pulsar and 16 millisecond pulsars, and you start seeing Psalm 48 come to life. But look down at verse 7. It says, praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures in all deeps. The, the whale songs could sound like this right here. Take a listen. We don't know the expanse of the worship that is contained. Now, and again, well, wait a minute. If you're, go, if you're going to go there, right? If you're going to go there, well, how about praise the Lord from the earth, ye dragons and all deeps. Okay. Fire, hell, snow and vapors, stormy wind fulfilling his word, mountain and all uh, hills, fruitful trees and all cedars, beast and all cow. I mean, like you, you've got to then interpret that, that everything has to make a sound. Everything has to make a sound. And then every sound it makes, I guess, is supposedly singing praise to God. I, I don't know if that's the hermeneutic you want to go with surrounding the throne of God and our songs are great but God isn't banking on our songs because he is surrounded by a symphony that's bigger than our wildest dreams tonight stars sing and whales sing and the birds fly and I just tried to imagine what would it sound like if you could just for a second be God and hear what he hears and I can't get us there tonight but I, I came close I had a friend who helped me with this little iPad program and, and I'm not a DJ but I, I just a little thing, just quickly, and I, I want you to see how this works. Now, this guy, we didn't look at his picture. He's PSR BO329-54. And he's only rotating one and a half times per second, which is not all that much, but we need him in our little experiment we're going to do here, okay? Um, and then we had the Vela Pulsar. You remember the Vela Pulsar, right? So that's that guy. But that's a little too fast for what we're trying to do, so we're going to slow that down, okay? Put the, uh, the millisecond guys in there. The ones you just heard. Here they come. really clear like what are they singing and we tried this and you just got to know this is unedited we just dropped this on and this is what happened this is what they might be singing
And they're... I, and then they're going to come. I think that's Chris Tomlin. They're going to come into with how great is our God? And, well, I mean, first of all, he's manipulating all of that. He keeps saying unedited. Well, the sound may not be unedited, but you're manipulating it to death to then get. See, you create this emotional experience. And then now you've got this beautiful praise song and everybody's going to be like, oh, that's so wonderful. The stars sing the star and the well sings and they all sing praises to God. I don't want to. And it and everything inside of me is like, but wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What are you doing to this psalm? What is what is the hermeneutic that you're giving? Just, just so we'll play, just I give it just maybe 24 more seconds here. You want to sing along with stars and whales? There you go. And then he brings everyone in and this is an emotional experience. And everybody's like, and so everybody leaves going, the stars are singing. And, and it's like, well, but wait a minute. As, as emotional as that may be, and as wonderful as it may be, and as much as you may love the thought, I just like, I don't know if that's the interpretation I want to bring to Psalm 148. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I want to look for a literal sound that has to be a literal sound because then I would have to test it, right? So the stars sing. Okay. So now I got to point the radar towards the sun. I got to put the point, the telescope, the radio telescope towards the moon. And then I have to uh, point towards the heavens. And then I have to go through all of these things to go, wait a minute. Is there, do they have a sound? And if they don't have a sound, then my whole interpretive process falls apart. So I don't know. What do you think? I'm just going to leave it there for you. You may have seen that video and you may think it's the greatest thing. You may have cried tears of joy and you may have worshiped God and think it was beautiful. And by no means do I want to minimize or diminish or even mock that. Okay. I don't want to. But at the same time, someone has to be there going to kind of raise their hand and go, whoa, 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 guys, 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 everyone, everyone, everyone. Shh. Let's set the emotions aside. You're making a claim that would impact the hermeneutical method we use on Psalm 148. So what's more important, your emotional experience or a correct interpretation of a psalm? I hand that question to you today, and I would love to get your thoughts. Email me. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. And that is your today's focus for Wednesday, April the 12th, 2023.